Hey, this is Max from the Arkells, and you're listening to Underground Sports Philadelphia. going on everybody welcome in to another episode of underground sports philadelphia episode number 274 kb and matt coming at you live from underground studios live on twitch and facebook twitch.tv slash underground sports phi facebook.com slash underground sports phi so you can watch the show live or you can subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast app Lots to get into tonight, but before we get started, big shout out to our local sponsors that help make this show happen. Main Auto LLC, Ducharms Pro Foot, Security 21 Security Systems, Paul J. Gillespie Incorporated, Bob Novick Auto Mall, which we have some fun updated news with Bob Novick Auto Mall for you guys so you can access all that they have to offer, uh, and we will mention that later on in the show. Mark Ronchetti, CPA, LLC, and the Dental Wellness Center of Vineland. And of course, powered by our friends at Tomahawk Shades. You, you guys see me wearing my blue light glasses every single show. They make my eyes feel better. I feel like I sleep better because my eyes are less strained. Tomahawkshades.com, doing it the right way. And when you go to their website, add everything into your cart. I know our intern Harrison has like 12 pairs in his cart right now, as he always does ready to be locked and loaded to protect his eyes. Use our promo code USP. It saves you 25% off your order, and all orders right now, $75 and over, qualify for free shipping. That's TomahawkShades.com, promo code USP. And, of course, we got to talk about our friends at Manscaped, doing it big time. Just saw on Twitter they have partnered with the San Francisco 49ers to create the first interactive game that they have been a part of. Uh, and I will mention that later on in the show, but manscape guys, they are bet the best in men's below the waist grooming, bringing everything that you could possibly need when it comes to, you know, precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And that's why manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team spent 18 months, which is probably give or take about how long it's going to take until we figure out all of this JT Real Muto news, uh, perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. When I tell you guys this is premium, I mean premium because the battery is going to last you up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. The waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower, and one of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor, which I'm pretty sure is about just as fast as Miles Sanders ran for his 74-yard touchdown against the Steelers on Sunday. Uh, and that motor is with Quiet Stroke technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. If you're listening to me speak right now, guys, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code USP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code USP. What's going on, man? <clears throat> Living the dream for the most part. We, uh, well, you always say now 
nightmares are dreams as well, and we are living in quite the nightmare when it comes to Philly sports. Um, because I, I woke up from my post, you know, pay the bills job doing inventory all day to find out the news that John Middleton continues to pinch pennies instead of spending stupid money. Uh, and the Phillies have unfortunately decided to part ways with an absolute legend, Jim Jackson. Yeah, it's uh, the the bad times just keep on coming, don't they? Um, yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, he's I think like most iconic in his role is like the Flyers announcer, but had like I I can definitely remember like listening to him in uh post game stuff like driving home from the game, um, and so it's just it's especially optically like not a, a great look you know when you're talking about a billionaire franchise needing to like cut corners here and save some money um i get it you know in one sense if you're talking about like nbc sports getting rid of some of the sideline people until things are more clear because we don't know when fans will be back um in indoor stadiums we now know that outdoor stadiums are it's a little more clear but you know the world is changing a little bit with how games are going to be packaged and brought to us when you're watching it on TV or even on radio. Uh, but this one's baffling to me because he's such an iconic voice. And um, I think like definitely like highly respected as well by fans and like other people that are in like the, the sports media industry. So it just, it sucks all the way around. Uh, he put out a statement on Twitter, a 14 year run. With the Philadelphia Phillies. He got in right at the right time, too. <laughs> uh, he said, it's been a blast. Back in 2006, David Montgomery and I sat down for lunch and discussed the possibility of having me become part of the Phillies broadcast team. At the time, we were thinking about trying it for a year or two and seeing how it would go. Well, I started hosting Phillies pre- and post-game shows in 2007, and in the ensuing 14 seasons, I've been fortunate enough to observe Observe and describe so many amazing moments and players, all while getting to be around the great game of baseball, working for a tremendous organization. Along the way, there were spectacular wins and crushing losses on the field, but in general, so many great memories created. I think back to sitting next to Harry Callis as he made his world championship call in 2008, interviewing Roy Halladay moments after he completed the second-ever no-hitter in Major League Baseball playoff history in 2010, and getting the chance to be on the mic as Jimmy Rollins became the Phil's all-time leader in 2000, all-time hits leader in 2014. Oh, and there was that glorious parade down Broad Street. There are so many more. Uh, but as the old saying goes, all good things must come to an end. The Phillies have informed me that they are no longer in need of my broadcasting services. I'm told I'm a, quote, luxury the organization can no longer afford in such uncertain times. While it is a shock to the system... My initial reaction to this news is that I need to thank so many people for the last decade and a half. I have met literally dozens of people in my time with the Phillies that evolved from co-workers to people I consider friends for life. Players, coaches, managers, general managers, training staff, public relations workers, marketing reps, producers, press box stewards, dining hall workers, and on and on and on have all been so helpful. And I can't thank them individually right here, but I truly treasured being able to share the laughs, cheers, and yes, tears over the years. My fellow broadcasters have been an absolute pleasure to work with, most especially Scott in LA, who have been there for every single year of my tenure. Scott is as good as it gets in, the, in calling a baseball game, and LA is one of a kind and an absolute hoot to be around. I also want to thank the Phillies fans, whether it be in the concourse for the pregame show at the Phillies Festival or on the airwaves during rain delays. It has been awesome to interact with you all this time, your passion and energy is supporting in supporting the Phils is a huge part of the equation that has made my time with the Phillies so much fun. I hope there will be a re return to winning baseball and playoff excitement at beautiful Citizens Bank Park with the fans in attendance soon. As for me, I will dearly miss working with all of these people and interacting with the fans on a daily basis moving forward. I will continue to pour everything I have into my job with the Flyers parentheses hoping we can get started by january 1st and i'll look for new opportunities in the hockey offseason if anyone out there has any ideas i'm all ears we all we all still have bills to pay david montgomery gave me the opportunity to be part of the phillies base to be part of phillies baseball 
for all those years. It lasted longer than either of us could have possibly expected it to. In all honesty, for me, it hasn't really been the same since David left the scene. I miss that guy, but it always uh, it was always an honor and privilege to be part of the Phillies organization. I'll take many cherished memories with me into my next life chapter and always look back at my time with the Phils with a smile on my face. All the best, Jim Jackson. It's just the Phillies really uh, really twisting the knife in us. <laughs> Continue to just fumble the bag day in and day out. Yeah, Nice little jab on the way out, too, that hasn't been the same since David Montgomery. Yeah, well, a lot of things haven't been the same for the <laughs> Phillies for a very long time at this point, but... Yeah, it's just um, like I said, the optics of this are are not good because you, already people I think are very disappointed in Philly sports in general, Phillies especially. You get this news and it just it just sucks. And after seeing this, you know, waking up to this news that he is a luxury that the team can't afford, I've never been more certain in my life that JT Real Muto is all but gone. Well, if he wants $200 million, I think he can see himself out the door because that's entirely way too much money. Um, I get that he's obviously going to start high, and I think he's got a little bit of a vendetta because of the way arbitration played out, but uh, buddy, you're not getting $200 million for us. There's, there's I love no JT, way. and I, you know, I would love to have him back, and I think I'd, I'd probably even pay a little bit over to, to return him, but $200 million is obscene it's money. crazy. That's that's like a facelift for this entire team. That money would be better spent elsewhere, allegedly at least. I don't know. Um, that's that's just not in the realm of of, of possibility. I, I don't see him getting two hundred million. But yeah, it's um, it certainly isn't what you, <laughs> these aren't the types of moves you want to be hearing about. You know, before your another really crucial offseason where you need to spend money. But who knows where it's going with the Phillies. So let's let's stick with JT. The two hundred million dollar report comes out, and my jaw hits the ground. I'm like, are are we kidding right now? Like, he's twenty eight, twenty nine, you know, two hundred million dollars for a catcher. Like that's beyond the Joe Mauer contract. Yeah, I mean, this is like you're if you're paying two hundred million dollars. Obviously, baseball is different, but you know, two hundred million gets you like legitimate game changers. JT is. If not the best catcher, he's like one B. Like he's mm-hmm. the, he's top three catcher in baseball. There's no doubt about that. I think what he does is fantastic defensively. He's a good hitter as well. Like there's he's a great player, no doubt about it. Um, Two hundred million gets you better than that though, and I think this team has much more glaring holes than even even if he walks and we just keep Andrew Knapp. I still think the money is better spent elsewhere. Just because the, like you cannot go into this next season with the bullpen in the shape that it is and the back half of the rotation in the shape that it is. There's there's absolutely no like no chance. And like if I had to sit here and make a choice between 200 million over the next I don't know 7 years on JT or you know spending, you know, a, a, even a fraction of that just on 3 to 4 like actual like pitchers, it's it's the pitchers all day for me. And that's and I'm someone that loves JT and I think we've spent so much to get him um that it would be terrible to to let him walk, but 200 million is it's a lot yeah i mean jt is 30 um to to think that you'd be dishing out a a five six year contract more than likely for 200 million dollars for a guy that more than likely is not going to be able to stick at catcher for the duration of this contract you know he's he's more than likely going to have to play at the dh position at first base you know, in the, in the latter stages of this next contract he gets wherever he ends up. Um, but, I mean, it's also tough because the the options at catcher on the free agent market aren't the best. I mean, I'd say the next best option would either be a guy who's been talked about uh, by John Heyman, James McCann from the Chicago White Sox. He's 31, uh, hit 289 this year for the White Sox, seven home runs. 15 RBIs, uh, or Yadier Molina, who is ancient. He's 38 years old. Um, and I would be floored if the Phillies decided to sign, you know, Yadier Molina for a one or two year deal for big money. 
rather than, you know, trying to somehow find a way to negotiate with JT and get that number down. Um, but I mean, it, they completely mismanaged the entire JT Real Muto situation. As soon as John Middleton said that he was not in favor of trading for JT unless they were going to be able to lock down an extension, I was like, they already messed this up by by not giving JT the contract extension at his introductory press conference. I mean, you you could have just stopped that. They really mismanaged. Very <laughs> this, true. This entire last eight years of Philadelphia Phillies front office behavior has been mismanagement and mistakes. And you know, we finally seen some like uh, some heads roll because of that now. But even not really like Matt Kalantak just gets moved to a different part of the organization. Um, there's now some rumors too that John Milton once Andy McPhail moved out of his position. But even that, like these are guys that should be like, I don't know what it is. I love that, and this is across a lot of Philly sports where like we definitely treat like, especially players very well, like as like, like alumni status mm-hmm. and like in their treatment of, of how they return. And I think the fans uh, definitely have a lot of appreciation for ex players and stuff like that. I think all of our organizations treat ex players very well, but we have this like, especially with the Phillies, this like toxic trait of like keeping these bad people around for some reason. Like what the fuck is Ruben Amaro Jr. still doing anywhere in the stadium? Why does it, it's wild. why is he a credentialed person to like that? That to me is just shocking. Like in that, that just, it makes me very, very angry. Cause it's like, any other competent organization is getting these people out the door three years ago and we're dragging our feet on doing it now. And we're still giving them like decision-making power mm-hmm. in some sense. They're still, they're still in the front office in some capacity. They're not necessarily in charge anymore, but like, it's like, you're telling oh, me they, Matt Klintak isn't an important person anymore. No, he still is like, yep. That's, it's just dumb. And it's I, like, Oh, we like seeing you walking in the hallway every day. So we're going to keep you in the organization rather than, you know, giving you a full blown pink slip. Like that's, that's worse. <laughs> you know, like it's keeping that, that around is worse now. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't get the direction that the Phillies are going in. It's been weird. Even like, if you go back to the Bryce Harper off season, throwing all the money that we did i have no problem obviously signing bryce harper but it it felt weird in that bryce harper is not going to be and we've seen is not going to be the difference between you being a fringe playoff team and a world series contender you know and that's and and jt rumuto not going to be the difference between being a fringe playoff team and a world series contender you know like that's or even even just making the playoffs would be nice you know so i i think it's been mismanagement from the very beginning um of this rebuild that we dragged our feet getting ourselves into to begin with and um i mean we're just we're really reaping what we've sown here though you know like at the end of the day like this this team probably doesn't deserve anything good because they haven't done anything good to deserve it you know there's been no if you're extending that metaphor we haven't sown any good seeds (laughs) we've just been uh paying someone else to come throw some of their (laughs) older ones and hope that we we get something good out of that and it, it hasn't worked and it's very directionless right now. It's it's a mess. You know, this team, until they, they figure out what they're doing in the front office, which, please, blank check Eric Neander right now because look at the Tampa Bay Rays. If you're not watching the baseball playoffs, just go take a peek at what the Tampa Bay Rays are doing. They were they were down last night uh, to the Houston Astros and came back to win 5-2 to two because they play great defense. They have a fantastic, you know, pitching staff top to bottom. And that's just, it's a winning culture and a winning organization that is far from what the Phillies have right now. And not to mention, John Middleton, you know, helps bring in Bryce Harper. They get JT. But this is also the owner who thought bringing in Joe Girardi was going to push the needle and have this team win 10 more games this year. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, technically, the jury's out because we didn't see full season. (laughs) So who knows? Um yeah, and I think a lot of the the trouble starts at the top with John Middleton, and I think what he says and his his actions are speaking much louder mm-hmm. than his words because his words are very often what fans want to hear, which is let's spend the money, let's do whatever it takes, and his actions are 
Well, uh, we're actually going to have the players sign uh, as a part of the contract at the start of this season that they can be cut at any time and we don't have to pay them the full amount, which led to a few of our veterans walking before this restart season even yep. even began. Um, and we're also going to penny pinch every chance that we get and nickel and dime guys. Um, you know, it's just a, it's very obvious and, and we're going to make all these cuts and we're going to lay all these people off because I can't afford it because I'm only getting to take one private jet a week as it stands. And that's just that's very hard for me. So I just think um, I think it, it all starts at the top and we have <laughs> we have a, a citywide problem, it seems, with ownership and front office groups uh, just being sucky people and not good at their jobs and not keeping uh, promises. Yeah, so uh, until the Phillies truly figure out what the hell they want to do with the front office, I am I'm completely, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, I'm out until I see results. Yeah. You know, from truly figuring out what the direction of this organization is, because right now they're at a crossroads with not only the fan base but themselves, because they've done it to themselves, and until they determine that they truly want to be a winning organization until they realize that they have one of the biggest payrolls in baseball and one of the opportunities to have one of the biggest payrolls in baseball to help win them games. They're just going to be, you know, pretty pitiful. And I was listening to the high hopes podcast with friends of the show, Jack Fritz and James Seltzer. Um, and Jack Fritz said that uh, the, the biggest reason you've got to bring in Eric Neander is because, John Middleton wants to run the Phillies like a small market organization. So, I mean, it's the perfect yeah. fit. Yeah. And I mean, we're going to have the same attendance that Tampa Bay does if, yeah. uh, if we keep this up, but yeah, it's, um, it's all around depressing. And I think what's, what's frustrating too. And we saw it a lot with the Sixers we still do where, um, you know, we're like, we're like a week and a half, maybe even longer from Clintac's, uh, dismissal yep. from his post, maybe even two, um, that's pretty long time <laughs> to not have any news on like what's next exactly. Um, but we're also, you know, two and a half months separated from big changes coming soon from Elton brand. So yeah. 11 days since uh, Matt Clintac was quote unquote demoted. Yeah. So, you know, to hear nothing and that John Middleton is still like hemming and hawing over like Andy McPhail's position is, I would say not promising, but. Andy McPhail should have been gone at the same time as Matt as Matt Clintac if you were going to replace him. Absolutely just cleaned house. I mean, what's the point? Like it's like you walk into your living room and you saw someone spilled garbage over everything and you only throw out the chair. It's like, well, the couch still stinks. Like what do you It's all in the carpet. But you didn't even throw out the chair. You just moved it into the dining room. Like what the Plus the stink <laughs> is all in the carpet what anyway. Is, so. What is the point here? Like I just don't I don't get it's, it. It's so stupidly similar to the Sixers, and we're going to get into them as well, um, where the front office is the problem, and they fire Brett Brown, which, you know, everybody saw coming, but then they just still have retained the guys in the front office since hiring Doc Rivers. Nothing has happened uh, other than now they have an inside guy with the Kings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This team, man. It's really, like I said, it's the entire, like, Philadelphia sports, like, front office and ownership groups are just, like, I think they're out to kill us. I don't know what mm -hmm. I don't know what it is um, this year and even years gone by that just, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if they want people to show up to games anymore because it's, like, I don't know if you've looked outside, <laughs> owners and front office people of Philadelphia, but uh, money's tight right now. <laughs> so, when... If ever I'm able to go to anything ever again, um, why should I spend $120 going to your sports game? If you're not going to, like. And that's just on parking. Give Yeah. Give me the same ambition that you want from me as a fan. Like, give me the same in level of investment. And I don't mean just, like, give me a comfier seat to sit on at mm -hmm. the Wells Fargo Center. I mean, like, actually make, like, meaningful change and make the teams good <laughs> and listen to smart people and build your teams the right way. Like, it's just, I, I would love to get in a room with all of them, but no chance. No chance of that happening. Yeah, so the Sixers, they lose somebody else to another organization. Now they have an inside, uh, you know, guy with the Kings that, uh, you know, maybe we can just hitch Al Horford's minivan to and let him go to Sacramento with him. Yeah. Um, 
it's it's interesting like that anyone would be picking the bones of, <laughs> of the Sixers uh coaching group but um leave it to the Kings I guess yeah it's it's interesting especially because there's been I think a lot of it's been fan generated talk about like buddy yield trade and trying to move out Horford mm-hmm. um I don't think this Kings team is like they're definitely not the Kings of the last like four or five years where they're much more impulsive or, or going to make those kind of dumber decisions. But I think, uh, I think especially now you're looking at the next few weeks of a lot more Horford talk, especially as like, you know, the, the draft is going to start coming up and we, we now have some like more hard dates for when things are going to be happening. Um, you're just going to hear more and more about the Warriors, especially, and obviously the Kings, I think. Um, and, and especially someone like Horford getting out of here and, I actually I'm not even I'm trying to make a, a pitch here, but I genuinely think Horford could be a pretty good fit for the Warriors. Um, but uh, I they're a smart organization, and I I think they are very aware that Horford is a terrible deal. But as a player, I don't think he'd be the worst fit with the Golden State Warriors. And uh, according to Frank Isola, Dave Yorger, he interviewed for the Pacers head coaching job, but he is under consideration to join Doc Rivers' staff with the Sixers. Yeah, I mean, this was someone that um, was kind of uh, already uh, linked with us early on. Um, he was he was previously with the Kings, funny enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and he actually like kind of got a raw deal by getting fired with the Kings, I thought at least. Uh, I don't know that he's like the greatest head coach, but I, I thought he got a little – that was a little unfair of him. Um, yeah, I mean, as an assistant coach, that'd be pretty nice. I would I would take that. Wasn't he, I think he was also with the Grizzlies for a, a stint as well. Yeah. That's where I'm pretty sure I've heard his name before. He was the with the Kings yeah. when they kind of had like that growth spurt, I'll call it, when like De'Aaron Fox like became like a, a much more like prolific player and like, yeah, I, I thought they he had they had a pretty good season under him, um, and he ended up getting getting axed. As he was uh, he was an assistant with the Memphis Grizzlies from 2007 to 2013, and then took over as the head coach in 2013 yeah. until 2016 when he went to Sacramento. Yeah, so he's not. It's not the worst coach in the world, um, and I think if you're talking assistant coach, I'll take it. Has also I, I prefer like someone like Alvin Gentry though, but also coached in the G League. Yeah, um, which I think is pretty important with the way the Sixers are right now, needing those manageable contracts and knowing how to manage those types of players that you know you could see get elevated and figuring out how their game is going to translate from the G League, you know, to the NBA. I think that's an important aspect of a coaching staff. I also saw somebody comment under Isola's tweet saying that a Jorger and uh, Sam Cassell would be, you know, their one-two punch for what they'd like to see as Doc Rivers coaching. I think Sam Cassell's like uh, a finalist in the Clippers candidacy right now, so I'm not sure about that. And Tyloo obviously might be going to New Orleans. I like it's a it's a pretty big shuffle that I think we kind of have to wait until mm-hmm. one guy gets hired to see the rest of them where they fit. Um, Sam Cassell, I think, has his eyes, though, on, on becoming the head coach. And, and he's been in L.A. a long time, too, so it'd be a kind of a natural step up for him. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't say no to him coming here, but yeah. I think he would. <laughs> uh, Wisely, he would say no. <laughs> and then, uh, speaking of former Sixers, Jimmy Butler and the Heat fall to the Lakers. I know you're, Tragic. you're, you're at peace. I am. My um, soul can rest. But shout-out to Jimmy, man, in that, in that game five just absolutely putting it all on the line played all but like 40 seconds in the game um, that is the jimmy butler we love right there even though it ended in in six games in true fashion for jimmy butler with a sixers and six reference there um i thought it was one of the more overall like you know storyline and entertaining finals we've had it was like a good basketball finals like obviously game six was very anticlimactic but um especially game five that was mm-hmm. one of the more interesting finals games that we've had in the last few years it doesn't help that like a lot of those finals have been like the, <laughs> very outmatched cavaliers against the one of the best teams of all time in the warriors but yeah it was definitely i mean this season promised uh more parity and more competitiveness and i think we got that all through the playoffs and then again in these finals um ultimately when you have like two top five players on the same team that's going to outweigh pretty much anything that comes up against them but um yeah it was it was definitely a, a good finals better than it, it could have been i think i think it, it could have really gone sideways and i think 
It also kind of sucks that you had the injuries to start the series out. Like if Goran, if Goran Dragic is like healthy, I think this this might be a little uh, different of a series. Lakers probably still win, but you know probably good seven. Yeah, we could have seen a game seven, which is always exciting. So yeah, it wasn't bad. And I mean, the bubble's over. <laughs> uh, that crazy it's been eighty-four years. It, it has felt like an incredibly <laughs> long time. It's felt like they've been in there forever, um, but it's only been like ninety days. But um, yeah, I think NBA deserves a lot of credit as well for getting the bubble together and executing it well and it working which is which is a, a good sign for the future um but yeah i mean it's i'll be i'll be glad when we can have i'll say this i'll be really glad when whenever we get fans back in stadiums and arenas because at the end of the day like it just none of these sports are the same experience without fans and mm-hmm. especially like seeing them and you saw this with uh, the lightning as well like not being able to celebrate in front of like a crowd is just yeah. so strange. Like it did genuinely, like it didn't, f- it didn't feel like they won anything. Like it just felt like it's very jarring. Like it's been jarring at it was like moments. 2K. Yeah. Like it was, yeah, exactly. Like it just felt very hollow. And I don't say that to diminish what they did, but it's just as a person watching this to be entertained, I'm right. not as entertained with sports without fans there, but also I have I could not tell you if even in a year we'll have fans in stadiums <laughs> of the way things are going. So uh, who knows? But yeah, the sooner the better because I, I I genuinely think and there's been a lot of talk about like the NBA ratings and stuff and what that means. But I I think a lot of people checked out. I know that I wasn't watching like the conference games. Yeah. I only watched like the finals because it's the finals and I pretty much always watch them. Ironically, um, I only watched the Jimmy blow-up yeah. games in the finals. Yeah, um, and, and but I think a lot of people that way. Like, I know, and we had talked about this a few weeks ago, that, like, I've probably watched less sports now than I've mm-hmm. ever watched in my life. When, really, all I... I can't... I'm not hanging out with friends. I can't go to sports games myself. I can't go to concerts. I can't go away, really. Um, so, I have a lot of free time, and it feels like I've been watching even less sports than normal, especially like NBA and NHL. Once like the Flyers and the Sixers are out, I really yeah zero interest in watching. And I think I think a lot of people that way, and I think a lot of it does have to do with just it's as an entertainment package is not as entertaining when there's no fans there and when your team isn't in it anymore. Like it just feels it felt very hollow. So hopefully. I say this, but it, hopefully it won't happen. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can get fans back as soon as we can. But And talking about the, well. you know, and people talking about the ratings dropping and everything, newsflash, all this stuff never goes on when the NFL is happening. Yeah, that's true. I, I, think, I think there's definitely some argument we had that the NFL doesn't have, like, it doesn't help that game six was up against Sunday Night Football, you know, mm-hmm. like, you, you're obviously going to lose some viewership. But I think, I think also, like, NBA has struggled in the last year with, with ratings, and I think that should be a genuine concern because, like, we love basketball. Um, I love the Sixers even though they hate me. But I do think that we shouldn't, like, snuff people that have genuine criticism about the league and the way that it's yeah. going right now because, like, you're ne- like one thing we've learned with sports over the last hundred years, not that I've been alive for all of it, but that is, like, the – the top dog rarely stays the top dog. Like, the NFL is clear number one sport yes. in America still. It wasn't that way forever. Like, it used to be baseball. Baseball right. used to be the top sport. And that's because right. it was a radio sport. And then things changed. And the NFL is the king. And for a brief period, basketball was awesome. Everyone loved basketball, but now it's NFL is still, like, at the top. And, you know, you can't get complacent and think, like, well, you know, everyone's going to love us anyway. It's always going to be fun. It's like, well, you know. I heard an interesting the argument. 20, the 20 to 29 demographic like is still watching more football than basketball, which right. is like everyone's always like bragging about how well it's a younger team. And then people always say, well, everyone illegally streams NBA basketball. Are 5 million people illegally streaming it? Because that seems off to me. <laughs> I, I heard an interesting <laughs> argument about, you know, the NBA and the NFL kind of, you know, being in that, you know, head-to-head matchup for being the top dog. When it comes to the NBA – uh, there's so much player movement. You know, you Absolutely. see big name guys. Obviously, you can take for an example LeBron James. He's been on three teams in his career. These big name guys continuing to move around, and you can't knock them for it. You know, they're finding the best situation for themselves. But from a fan perspective, 
you see these guys move around city to city and it's hard to get an attachment to that team. You know, it's hard to get an attachment to because you have people that solely follow players. Yeah. And you're only going to watch when those players are playing. Where the NFL, the rosters are so much bigger, it's easier for a fan to just say, my allegiance is with this team because, you know, you're going to enjoy watching players on that team. But overall, it's it's difficult to, you know, take that full-blown fandom out when there's 53 guys on a team versus 15 on an NBA roster. And I think the NBA, more than any other sport, is a sport where you're watching because you want to watch an individual player rather than a team. Yeah, absolutely. The NBA has marketed itself as, like, really letting its stars shine and, like, be the brand themselves, whereas the game of basketball is a lot of times secondary to a lot of people's, like, viewership and entertainment that they get from basketball. Um, and that's where I think, yeah, you're, you're right that it struggles with And, yeah, you know, players are moving all the time. And we have to remember, like, not everyone likes that. Not everyone likes, mm-hmm. like, the super team aspect of it. And I know that that might come across as, like, wrong to some people we're like oh what you don't like player rights like no we do but like there's people who genuinely don't enjoy the fact the entertainment factor of the game that players will just constantly ask for trades and get moved off their favorite team and now their team sucks and if you don't have a top five player good luck ever winning anything you know like it there is an element to nba and it's just the nature of basketball itself that if you don't have the best players you're not going to win like it's not like an nfl thing where like okay if you draft really well and you're smart you can build a, a, a successful mm-hmm. team. Like NBA, it's like, well, no, you got to get a generational talent. Sorry, <laughs> like you, yep. you have to, you have to get one at least one of those guys to to win an NBA championship and get lucky. You know, like it's not even enough to just have a great player. You have to also get lucky. And I, you know, I think a lot of people are turned off by that. But you know, that's just that's the way the sport is. But it's just going to be interesting to see how um, how when this next season even starts. And just what that looks like is now you're going to be out of the bubble. And we've seen that with the NFL, it's a little harder when you're no longer in, in a bubble in hotels. Um, and the same will go for, for hockey, too. And I, th- I think, too, like, I saw a handful of people the other night when the Lakers, you know, clinched that back in, you know, early 2010s, I also saw them celebrating as Heat fans. So Yeah. I mean, that. Just flat out say, but you're a LeBron fan. Yeah, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with right. like favoring. And I one- think that's also just like the, you know, the the cultural aspect of oh, I'm a fan of this team, but you are just starting to realize that you're a fan of the player that's on yeah. that team. There's def- there's definitely like a shift, I think, with like especially like our generation and younger, where it's like you definitely have, especially with NBA, like fans following more specifically players than necessarily teams like there's still overwhelming majority are following just teams but yeah there's there's tons of people that follow just lebron and because he's moved so often they have a new team to follow you know in the past guys didn't have the autonomy that they do now where in terms of uh like free agency moves and and requesting trades and having some of that power to kind of have more decision making in their career which is fine but you also can't expect everyone to love that. Like, mm-hmm. you know, how, like ask like I don't know like ask like Pelicans fans how they feel about Anthony Davis like yep. forcing a trade. Like they don't feel great about it because it sucks. It's like I don't care how you try and spin it about player rights. It sucks seeing a player that you love or a player that's really great leave your team, and you know, I it's it's hard for people not to feel like wronged by that. Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be an interesting dynamic, too, because, I mean, God forbid one of our two, you know, good boys end up being put onto a different team. I'm, it I'm almost sh- feels inevitable. Yes, I'm sure there are a number of, you know, current Sixers fans that would just be following Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons. I probably would. I'd, pro- I'd probably, I'd wherever they end up, I'd probably, uh, I'd probably have a long think about it. Yep. Uh Last bit of NBA news, we have an official date, quote-unquote, for the NBA draft. Uh, It is a Wednesday night, so that's pretty clutch. Uh, Wednesday, November 18th, is the the date set by the league for the NBA draft. Very nice. Um, And then shortly after, hopefully we'll have free agency. We get to see uh, what disastrous moves we make. (laughs) Um, And... 
I was actually thinking that the NBA would try and be back for Christmas, but I think it's a very quick turnaround. Um, so probably January is when we're looking mm-hmm. at a like middle to late January. And Terrence Ross actually said that on his podcast that you know when it was speculated that it was going to be Christmas, he was like, "Nah, man, they're telling us like mid to late January yeah. is when." you know, we could even start thinking about having the next season start. Yeah, that's, so. that's a lot, like, that's very quick to go from, I mean, you're talking, that's a month away pretty much, and then a month preceding that to have finished free agency and start having camps again and open the season, because you're not messing around with preseason games this year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that's too quick of a turnaround, so. Shout out former future sixer, Terrence Rowe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and I mean, We'll see when the season gets underway, too, with all these moves. I've, I've seen a, an overwhelming amount lately, too, when it comes to NBA free agency and, you know, trades potentially happening. A number of, you know, just speculation linking J.J. Redick back to the Sixers. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, I get the Joel Embiid aspect of it, but I, I just don't understand if they wanted jj Redick here they would have just re-signed him yeah he's also he's this is the last year of his his contract he only signed a two-year deal so um if we really wanted him and we think that he could like exist on a court going forward probably just be someone we look at next year but i don't i don't see it because there's no real conceivable trade either that we have with the pelicans for much of anything because it's hard to trade with the sixers right now you're not gonna get drew yeah which is the like one guy that Right. Fits this whole team. So, ironically. I don't see it. Um, let's talk a little bit about the birds. Mm. <sighs> <sighs> Want to dive into the Claypool? I mean, that was... What a performance. That was absolutely spectacular. Uh, just a shame that it <laughs> comes up against the Eagles, of course. Um, he also actually, has one spectacular nickname. Uh, Maple Tron. Maple Tron. Yeah, which is, which is great. Um can I just say, actually, the Eagles didn't play very bad? No. I mean, against, like, one of the best teams in the NFL, like, that was a very close game. And I actually thought, so I was watching this with a few friends who were Eagles fans, um, and I actually thought that Ebron fumble, which in my mind was a fumble, mm-hmm. like, that would have been a – I think the Eagles probably win that game if that – and what I don't like about that call is it's called a fumble on the field. I can't tell you how many times in my life – that when it gets called on the field or on the court or on the ice, it's so much harder to overturn it because there has to be like a definitive proof or like very obviously the wrong decision to overturn something. And I don't know how that was overturned, in my opinion. And I'm pretty unbiased. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I genuinely, the I was Dolphins telling everyone guy. in the room, I was like, hey, like they call that a fumble. Like that's pretty hard to pull back. And they're like, no, oh, no, that was a drop pass. It's like, ah. He got both his feet down and turned. I mean, that's always been enough. I know they change it every, like, three weeks, like mm-hmm. the rules about what's a football yep. move <laughs> and what isn't. got to count to two Mississippi now. More every three seconds. But Yeah, like, it's just, uh, to me, the game was in a balance there. And then literally the play after, I think, is the fourth Claypool mm-hmm. touchdown, which kills the game. Um, yeah, so I thought they were in the mix and genuinely thought they could have uh, could have won. But, alas, they didn't. And they are in uh, somehow not last place despite being <laughs> one and three one. Um, and the good news is, you got the Ravens. This, uh, <laughs> the Ravens. You get to turn around and play one of the hardest defenses in the league, right? To playing one of the other hardest defenses in the league. <laughs> and on Friday, you guys will get another episode of Eagles Enemies, uh, our awesome side series we do. Uh, and Kyle Barber from SB Nation's Baltimore Beatdown, their Ravens blog, joined me, and him detailing the 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 humans on that defense it's daunting like you thought that Steelers defense was was damn good and it is damn good this Ravens defense could catch a charge for murder with how good they are and what they are more than likely going to do against this Eagles offense on Sunday that rookie too, uh Patrick Patrick Queen, Queen who's like gonna win like defensive rookie of the year on a team that was Potentially already def- defensive player of the year <laughs> <laughs> like he's already absolutely obscene um got marlon humphrey playing at a defensive player of the year level marcus peters like this this like this team cast out earl thomas and got better yep <laughs> <laughs> that, you know they were like now nah, we genuinely don't need you and your bad attitude or like, your brother 
it's just it's unbelievable um and uh i weep <laughs> for the eagles this week because this is uh they also have six foot eight gigantor calais campbell on the yeah. defensive line too like this is just um this is bad news bears run all over you see you've seen what they've done to multiple teams um how they shut down like the Bengals this past week Almost was, shut them out <laughs> they i mean look at the browns and how explosive they've been and how mm-hmm. neutered they looked against the reef like this is just this the only is, team that can beat the Ravens is the Chiefs. Yeah, which I mean, even then, that was a that was a pretty you know, like close-ish game. Like mm-hmm. that was that was a little bit in the balance at times. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's here's here's their season so far. Uh, beat the Browns thirty-eight to six. Beat the Texans thirty-three to sixteen. Lost to the Chiefs thirty-four twenty. Beat Washington thirty-one seventeen. Beat the Bengals twenty-seven three. In like three quarters of those games i don't think their foot has like gone on to the gas pedal at all like they 27 just, points or more in every single game like they've they absolutely coasted last week against the Bengals. it was practically a bye week with how just done that game was by the first quarter um so yeah could be the same this week against the eagles it absolutely could i mean this is and we've highlighted this a few times now that the schedule is going to get absolutely brutal for the eagles um and this is this is gauntlet number two, um, or team number two on the gauntlet, I guess, because the 49ers were a little weaker and obviously mm-hmm. you're able to beat them. But uh, I genuinely like it, anything can happen in football, but I really don't see a pathway for the Eagles beating the Ravens this week. Like I, I really I don't see it. And I mean Lane Johnson is you know back and forth with his injury, um, and luckily for the Eagles defense because. I don't understand how Nate Gary wasn't left in Santa Clara, let alone not left in Pittsburgh uh, after that horrendous performance. Uh, Friend of the show, Will Parks, had his 21-day practice, uh, you know, window opened for him to return from the IR, and I think that's going to be massive uh, for this secondary. And um, Nickel Roby Coleman, who another free agent signing who I haven't really been impressed with, you know, I, I think Craven LeBlanc has been more impressive in the in the nickel role. Um, he said that Will Parks is going to help defense a lot if he can make his debut on Sunday. Uh, he said we need him. He can do everything on the field. It'll be good to have him. That's from John Clark. And uh, Will quote tweeted it, all caps, ready to work, that's all, win games, and put on. I love Will Parks. Yeah. He's a uh, an all-work type of guy, which is good to have. Um so he's potentially on his way to making his uh, Eagles debut, which will be very fun, and I'm sure we'll be able to hear his mom yelling from the rooftops of Philadelphia with her excitement. Well, uh, fans are going to be back in stadiums. So that they are. Might, might hear from the, the Lincoln itself. Uh, 7,500 fans are going to be in the stands on Sunday, um, and those are the Eagles fans that you probably don't want to go to a game with. So this is um, this is uh, just a stat I wanted to bring up about Nate Gary that I saw from Michael Kist, NFL. Nate Gary has been targeted 23 times for 20, 23 receptions, 267 yards, four TDs, and a pass rating of 154.6. <laughs> One of only two, <laughs> two 26 linebackers have surrendered a catch on every single target with minimum 20 attempts. Gosh. Garbage, as they say. Hot garbage. Yeah. Um, um, opening the stadium up, it's it seems like a bad idea. But yeah. the only thing I'll say is that I, cautiously, a lot of times that we've opened things up, especially like outdoor stuff, it seemed like a terrible idea, and then it never really wasn't. Like it's all been generally okay. Um, the thing that worries me more about the stadium is like the you know the the septa on the way home and like stuff like that, and like crowding around like any. Mm-hmm. But you know you can distance the best you can. So. Who's to say, right? It's it's tough. It obviously with cases trending upward now, pretty much everywhere. Um, not ideal to necessarily be having large gatherings again, but I think it's kind of inevitable that people are going to start opening stuff back up, whether we like it or not. I think it's going to take a lot to reclose things. So all we can hope is that people do it, and that this is done like the smartest way possible. And I think I said it with the union last week that if you're going to start opening it, start small and build your way up. 7,500 in the grand scheme of things is going to look very, very mm-hmm. tiny, you know, when they spread them all out around the link. Like, you've seen it. When we watched the, the Pittsburgh game Sunday, 
it was the same thing where it looked like no one was there. But you yeah. know that that's like 7,000 people. So hopefully I, I think, you know, it goes well and, and we're not like beating ourselves in the head over this in like two or three weeks. But it's tough to say. Yeah. And uh, speaking of having fans in the stands, did it blow your mind that Tuesday night football that we had uh, with the doorknob lickers in their home stadium had fans? So I, I caught the game like kind of late and they were just on their first drive and it heard like cheering. I was like, oh, they like really got the uh, the sound engineering noise. going pretty well. And then they cut to the crowd. I was like, ah, that's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Glad the team that has caused, on the ground. that has caused headaches for everyone else is uh, getting to at least get some money and <laughs> let some walkers into their door, I guess. But, um, I mean, that's just reality. I mean, we're going to see it every week now. Uh, more and more teams opening their stadium. So, it's just it's the reality, whether we like it or not. There's been a lot of things about our reality that I haven't liked. So, <sighs> just add this one to the list, I guess. Yeah, and... One thing not like about reality is the Eagles playing the Ravens because it's going to be a bloodbath. Uh, little update NFL-wise, too. Not saying that it's happening, but potential. little social media watching. Underground athlete, friend of the show, Jamil Demby, posted on social media. Clip of him from last season warming up during pregame, saying be back soon. Could be uh, getting pulled up from the practice squad for the LA Rams pretty soon. Uh, which is exciting. We always love seeing Jamil on the active roster. Um, wish it was with the Eagles because they could certainly use the offensive line help, but uh, hopefully we see him back uh, on the 53-man roster for the Rams soon. Yeah, and you know, also like within the division, Dak Prescott obviously having a season-ending yes. injury. Um, that's a, you know that changes the way you look at those Cowboy games because like, <laughs> the way it looked now, that it was going to be a bloodbath. Um, now. Who knows? Might just like, be Beth. Yeah, those games are much more even, and the division is somehow still wide open. <laughs> and really, all the Eagles have to do is just beat everyone in the division. They probably make the playoffs. They probably yep. win it. So uh, somehow, at one three and one, the Eagles are still forcing everyone to cling to a lifeboat, which is very frustrating. <laughs> and uh, shout out to uh, our buddy, Underground Sports Philadelphia Hall of Famer Giovanni, uh, for his video wishing Dak well. Uh, absolutely went ballistically viral on the social medias and uh you know just what a genuinely awesome kid you know he's living his dream doing his podcast make sure you check it out he's interviewing chris long kyle brandt i think Kay adams from good morning football is going to be making an appearance on his podcast soon so if you guys haven't already go check out philly sports with giovanni uh because he's absolutely crushing the game and making us look like peasants the way that he is, uh, you know, living his dream as a 12-year-old interviewing the the best in the game. Um, all aboard the Gus bus, Matt. The Flyers making a free agent splash. Yeah. Um, similar to the Doc Rivers hiring, I am whelmed. <laughs> uh, neither over or under uh, by pretty much everything. It's not just, it's not just the Gus bus here. It's... Pretty much the cumulative with the uh, the Flyers free agency, um, not a lot being done exactly. Um, I'm not sure if that's just a lot of faith being placed in some of the prospects that you have here, like hoping that like Morgan Frost like makes a, a step a step up here, right? Or um, you know you get some more clarity on Nolan Patrick's situation. Like there's still like some big question marks, and I think a little more room could be done. And we can't lose sight of the fact that Chuck Fletcher. Uh, wasn't a great GM before he came here and made some pretty bad choices. And I've seen a lot of polls um, in the last few weeks that simply because Chuck Fletcher has been like the quietest wheel, <laughs> he's been getting the most love because he hasn't done anything wrong necessarily yet um, for people to be upset about, like you've seen with the Phillies and the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I, I just I worry that the Flyers haven't really looked at this season and decided to to make like a, a really like big investment mm -hmm. and and push forward but we'll see I, I guess there's it's free agency's pretty much over so yeah they uh they signed Eric Gustafson to a one year three million dollar contract on Monday uh which to me and to Matt you you guys know there's no such thing as a bad one year deal in my book you know it's either they perform well 
And if they don't, they're gone after the year. You know, that's how I view it. Uh, and $3 million in the grand scheme of things for the Flyers is not that much money. Um, you know, and, and Gustafson said that uh, the Flyers are on the rise, and it's a big reason he wanted to play in Philly. Uh, a couple seasons ago, he had a 60-point season, and I think that's, you know, pretty intriguing for what this Flyers team needs. And, um, you know, moving forward to this season, I think Gustafson could play uh, a pretty decent role with this Flyers team. Um, I was talking to a couple people about it, and, you know, when you look at having a 60-point season in 2018-2019, that was 17 goals and 43 assists with the Chicago Blackhawks, who were, if I'm not mistaken, pretty bad that year. Um, And with Matt Niskanen retiring, I think this is, you know, uh, pretty much the replacement, obviously, and uh, a better point production replacement overall for Matt Niskanen. Yeah, it's it's definitely a... um... It's a it's a good like sort of, I it's a little more than lateral, but I I don't think it's really a huge upgrade over mm-hmm. someone like Niskanen. But yeah, it's another kind of veteran guy that's gonna give you exactly what you just lost and maybe a little extra production. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Flyers they're young enough in some areas that there's not a whole lot of issue to be taken with sort of standing still and letting things develop but they're also old enough in some areas that you do have kind of a window with this Flyers team strangely mm-hmm. enough like they're they're in a very weird position where some of their older guys you want to be able to get into the playoffs because you don't know how much productive time you have left with them um so yeah it's it's a weird position to navigate right now for the Flyers yeah and uh former Flyer Wayne Simmons signs with his hometown team the Toronto Maple Leafs so Shout out to Simmer. Fun on your first run exit. <laughs> Getting to play for the hometown team. Uh, before we do a little dupe date on the Philadelphia Union, uh, just want to give you guys an update on our friends at Bob Novick Auto Mall. They are, you know, back in business. They are, you are able to go shop at the dealership. Obviously, face masks required. You can shop in person or online. Uh, all CDC guidelines are in place. You know, they are sanitizing the cars before and after test drives. The health and well-being of the Bob Novick Auto Mall customers is priority number one. And if you do want to shop online, uh, you can go to bobnovickgm.com or bobnovickchryslerdodgejeep.com to check out everything that they have on the lot. And uh, we are very thankful to Bob Novick Auto Mall as they just uh, re-upped as an official sponsor of Underground Sports Philadelphia. So make sure you guys go check out Bob Novick Auto Mall, Bridgeton, New Jersey. Uh, They are you know, uh, a proud supporter of underground sports, Philadelphia. And if you're watching on Twitch, uh, you can see their, uh, information up right now. Uh, you can give them a call eight, five, six, four, five, one, zero, zero, nine, five. And like I said, you can check their websites out, uh, Bob Novick or Bob Novick Chrysler Dodge Jeep.com. And you can shop in person. Everything is being, uh, you know, followed by CDC guidelines and, uh, they're the best in the business, so go check out Bob Novick and make it Novick again. Matt, Philadelphia Union still one of the best teams in the MLS, and the lone hope we have with Philadelphia sports right now. Yes, um, currently playing the DC United club, um, who just lost their coach Ben Olson, who's one of the longest tenured coaches in the league. Uh, interesting, interesting going on there. Um, it's been it's been good for the Union so far, especially. Uh, it feels like forever ago that we were watching them in like the MLS's back tournament, but um, used a lot of that momentum and established themselves going forward. Um, they've only lost one game since then, too, and that was to Columbus, a uh, really, really tough opponent, um, one of the better teams in the league as well. So if you're going to lose anyone, you might as well lose to the best. Um, yeah, I mean, this has just been this has been a really good run from them. I'm sorry, they also lost to, to Toronto uh, in that time frame. But overall, this has just been really, really good from the Union um, and a lot of good uh, development. Like Guys like Fontana have been stepping up, which has been fantastic to see. Um, and playing D.C. tonight, you hope for another win, get it to three straight because um, you have a pretty tough closing out. You got um, Toronto and Columbus within like a week which is obviously going to be very difficult, but they're going to the playoffs almost certainly. Um, 
which is obviously fantastic because from there anything can happen of course but yeah this is an exciting time for the union who are carrying the torch for all of philly sports right now sitting at the two seat right now just behind toronto which is uh pretty exciting yeah it's pretty tight at the top and obviously like taking over toronto is going to be uh pretty difficult but you can certainly establish yourselves as the two seed and uh and get a good position there and you know with the almost certain trip to the playoffs expectations right now for this team going in more than likely locked in at the two three spot i you know if you go off what they did in the mls's back tournament i i don't see any reason that this team can't be in like a final four type of situation where they're in the conference finals or even making you know a final here um they're certainly talented enough and i think they've grown in consistency as the year has gone on um obviously like younger guys like brendan aronson have like really stepped up and i think have become more complete players um you're seeing just good performances from from everywhere and I think um, I think the the ceiling is there to to win the cup, right? But like, I do think that your expectation should be that this team is in a conference final this year, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm excited um, for this team. They're playing well. Uh, we have a you know best friendship with their social media uh, people doing the damn thing uh, with you know gifts back and forth and. They're a lot of fun. You know, this team, is it's easy to get behind them. Uh, they're easy to root for, especially with the amount of homegrown talent on the team, too, and amount of guys that have been here for a while. It's, it's just fun to root for the Union right now. So if you're not watching the Union, you probably should be because you'll feel a lot better about the state of Philly sports if you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're a fun watch, too. It's, it's, it's definitely like if you're someone that's not into soccer. Uh, they're a good team to watch because they play counterattacking. So they're obviously going to soak up some pressure, which can be a little tense to watch. But um, when they break out into attack, that's a lot of fun to, to see, especially because they have so many guys that can carry it in this space. It's very, very fun to watch them break. Um, so they're, they're definitely an entertaining team. Not going to see tons and tons of goals, but you're going to see plenty of action, and it's not just going to be passing around. Um, there are no FC Cincinnati that's just going to like sit like eight men behind the ball and, and pray. Uh, they're going to they're gonna play, and they're fun to watch. And they got a brick wall in the net. Too. Absolutely. If you love, I mean, just continue the tradition of like top tier Philadelphia goalies. Yes, it's it's an absolute fun watch. So make sure you guys check out the Union uh, once you're finished watching us here on Twitch or Facebook, and uh, that's all we got for you guys. So make sure you are following us on social media at Underground PHI on Twitter and on Instagram. Lots of content coming out. We are clipping the shows now to put up on Instagram and Twitter, so uh, you'll be able to catch clips of the show and maybe tune in live once you see the clips. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at KBIZZL311. You can follow Matt on Twitter at Matt Castorina. And make sure you guys are subscribed to the podcast on your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about the Philadelphia Phillies situation right now. Uh, moving forward, you know, send a, a you know farewell message to Jim Jackson as a, a Phillies you know, play-by-play guy on the radio. And... Uh, you know anything you feel about this Sixers team more connections with the Apollo group to uh JE <laughs> uh, so we don't get a uh, banned for talking about that uh which is always great get them out of here um thoughts on the Eagles right now you know as they uh, get set to take on the Ravens which should be an absolute joy on Sunday uh or how you're feeling about the Flyers in the Union five stars only on Apple Podcasts because we have standards. We know you do too, and we know your standards are five stars. So keep it that way for us as well. You can check us out on Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, the TuneIn app, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, wherever you get your podcasts, we are there. Check out the website, UndergroundSportsPhiladelphia.com. All of our written content out there with draft season approaching, I'm sure. We're going to have a ton of you know NBA draft prospect, you know deep dives like we did last year with Matisse Thibel who ended up being the guy still vlogging too, which, uh, God, those vlogs are so entertaining. Yeah. Um, underground sports, Philadelphia.com, all of our written content over there and, uh, tons of, tons of content coming out daily over there. Check out, our us standing in solidarity with rap sheet should not be suspended from the NFL network for, uh, just spreading the good word of our friends at manscaped. Uh, like I said, underground sports, Philadelphia.com. And uh, you guys are the absolute best. Keep uh, 
keep on keeping on and show would not be possible without our awesome sponsors main auto llc do sharpness pro foot security 21 security solutions and systems paul j gillespie incorporated bob novick automall like i said guys check them out uh online see what they've got if anything interests you at bobnovickgm.com or bobnovickchryslerdodgejeep.com you can also shop in person cdc guidelines are in place and the health and safety of the bob novick automall uh customer clientele is number one priority for them mark ronchetti cpa llc and the dental wellness center of violent of course our friends over at tomahawk shades enter our code usp at checkout saves you 25 percent off your order and all orders 75 dollars and over qualify for free shipping sign up for their rewards program you earn hawk points for every purchase you make which essentially just turns into free money for you to spend on the website tomahawkshades.com promo code usp 25 percent off your entire order and then the homies over at Manscaped. We stand in solidarity with Rap Sheet. Should not be getting suspended by the NFL Network and Roger Goodell for spreading the good word of keeping your balls clean. Manscaped.com. Enter the code USP for 20% off and free shipping. That's Manscaped.com. 20% off, free shipping. Code USP at checkout. And uh, we'll be back later this week. We got Eagles enemies coming out. The Dan Russo Show is back. Uh, with violent football being back, suffered a tough loss to Hamilton uh, this past week in their season opener. But I'm sure Coach Russo will have them bouncing back and being, you know, as good as they can be in this weird high school football season as well. Um, so make sure you're checking out the Dan Russo Show, Eagles Enemies, the main pod, the Outside the Box podcast should be back this week at OTB Lax Pod. The Fourth and Goal Boys are pumping out content by the hour, it seems. Uh, at fourth and goal USP and uh, check out at bet underground as well posting a lot of uh, you know gambling picks and everything to uh, entice you guys for games that might not be just Philadelphia sports and uh, lots of fun stuff going on over there as well with uh, F tank from fourth and goal doing his weekly NFL gambling blogs and uh, we got some news tonight too that Dexter is back so might be uh, having to dive into that on streamer season. Uh, thought Dexter was dead, but 2020, bringing things Everyone, back from the everyone's dead. Everyone's rebooted. <laughs> uh, you guys are the absolute best. Steven Schneider, avid streamer on our channel, is going to be on in just a little bit at SRS609. You can follow him on Twitter to know when he goes live here on twitch.tv slash PHI, And uh, we'll catch you guys Next week, this has been uh, episode number 274 of Underground Sports Philadelphia. For Matt, I'm KB. We are signing off. Peace.